Hello, everybody. Hi out there in the garden. <gasps> this is Pastor Deborah. Welcome. Yes, you're in the right place. Yes, you are. How did you get here? The Holy Spirit of my God drew you, brought you. You didn't have to know the way, did you? No. Most of you don't. Not yet. But welcome, welcome. We're beginning another lesson in setting the captives free. Can you see back there on the board? Yeah. We're beginning lesson number six. Yeah. Pastor Deborah didn't realize when God asked her to set down her license as a clinical mental health counselor in the state of Florida many, many years ago, about 1994, maybe 93, for he wanted to help me to learn how to help people his way so I could help you. All you precious, precious spirits. I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know what to do. I knew I wanted to help people. And I had been trained and educated in the ways of the world. Of helping people. Psychology. Psychiatry. Mental health counseling. Talk therapy. Yeah. We didn't have anything called life coaching. Mentoring. We just had therapy and the word therapy actually comes from the world of medicine a medical doctor provides medical therapy medicine and the world of mental health counseling i don't know if any of you know this is sort of ruled by the psychiatric associations the reason is many many years ago People have always been having problems. You know that. You go back and you'll see people with all kinds of issues. Back in Egypt and Greece. Back in the Persian Empire. The early Arabs. The Chinese Empire. People were getting sick. They were having problems up here. They didn't know what caused them. And slowly over time, they got into science. And they got into, there must be something biologically wrong in this biological mind. Well, a group of men who had been medical doctors and knew the body and study biological diseases, injuries, they wanted to understand more of people's behaviors. There is a great uh, television series called The Alienist. And I think it was... Uh, not sure if it was on BBC or something else. And it was dealing with way back in England. You had somebody going around raping and horribly disfiguring and killing orphans that were living in the streets of England. And the person who was trying to figure this out was called an alienist. The reason was that these behaviors were alien to most normal thinking and behaving human beings. I think the police got involved and they had evidence. They were looking. And this one doctor, he was trying to figure out what was wrong with a human being that would do this to a child. You go watch that series. It's excellent. It's kind of, it'll make you sick. But you need to understand where we came from and how depraved 
our system, our thoughts and our soul can become and cause our physical body to do things. So Pastor Deborah, time it got to me, we knew about this, of these evil, wicked things that people did to other people, to children, to animals, to nature, to their wives, to their husbands, to friends, to strangers. And the medical doctors really cared about people. And they were trying to figure out what was going on. And they had already been through a lot of, we'll call it superstition, spiritual things. They had already discounted all of that. And because they were medical doctors, they believed there must be something medically, biologically, something wrong in the chemicals, tumors, maybe some kind of trauma in childhood. Maybe they were on opioids, opium, and they were drug addicts. They didn't know, but they knew something was not right. So they started investigating. And eventually the psychiatrists formed here in America, the American Psychiatric Association, and there and it worked with the World excuse me, World Health Organization. And they started to define behaviors and they started putting numbers on them. If you go and study the Diagnostic Statistical Manual that's used in medicine, and if you get cancer or you have a tumor, it has a number, and that number tells an insurance company or another person what this is, and it can have different things with it. So Pastor Deborah got trained and educated in the psychiatric system, that the problems a human was having with their behaviors, their thoughts, was a medical condition. And it needed therapy from a medical viewpoint. And slowly, the what they call talk therapy, counseling, that that would help change somebody's thinking. Or if they could remember some events and they could cry through them, get angry, resolve them, that that would release some kind of pressure that they had been acting out of and trying to resolve. And one of the early, early workers of this was Dr. Sigmund Freud. Now, he believed in a subconscious that was in our soul connected to our five senses. I like to relate it. I have a teaching about that we are a three part being. We have a physical body. We have senses. We have nerves. We have uh, eyes and ear gate and our tongue and our nose. And our whole body is an organ of touch. So that was related, Freud knew, to this subconscious. I like to think of the subconscious as a person in a submarine. I teach it this way. And he's down there looking through his periscope, which goes up above the water. And he's looking around, and information comes down the periscope, which I relate to the five senses, to the person in the submarine, the subconscious. Now, the information that my eyes see or my ears hear may not have any meaning or context to it. It's a picture. It's just sounds. 
Did you know sound gets changed in here to waves? Uh-huh, sound waves. And it comes into the brain in waves. Remember, everything in this brain, which happens to weigh about just three pounds, consists of chemical and electrical systems. Now, there are uh, biological flesh, neurons and synapses, but the information flowing is chemical, electrical. It's a very busy place. And how I know that is my son had had gotten a head injury at five. Fell out of his bed, but I learned later he was pushed by an unseen spirit. Hit his head on a toy box. Caused some damage. For about eight to ten years, we had seizures and were on medication. And we would go get uh, tests, and they'd put little wires up here on his head. And they were looking at the electrical activity. They would shine blinking lights on him. They would see. They were watching the electrical connections because the wires went to a machine. They could see the waves all by electrical. But it's chemical. So these psychiatrists, once they found that out, they go, oh, we can give you medicine, which they consider therapy. Or maybe surgery, which is considered therapy. Therapeutic. Healing. And so I got trained in that. And when God asked me to put that down and to learn how to help people like you here in the garden, his way, I didn't know anything. So he had to start me off and just help me to understand there were spiritual beings inside of this three-part system. Mm-hmm. So there was a subconscious, and under that, but married to it, connected to it, was a spirit. And I had never studied that. So in setting the captives free, God was going to have to help me to learn about spiritual things and spiritual beings like you all here in the garden so he could be about his business. Yeah. So that's how I began. But let's get into this lesson, lesson number six. But before we begin, prayer. That's right. Anybody here that would like to offer a prayer for all those that are here with us now and that will be watching this, Later on YouTube. Okay, you weigh, all right. You just, you don't have, no, you don't have to stand up. You can just quietly pray. All right, and everybody just bow your heads. When you get finished, I will complete it out for us. You go right ahead. Wonderful. Father, you are about your business. This is your work. You created the garden with your presence in it. You brought your Holy Spirit to earth. You've left it here with us. You brought your kingdom of heaven. And it's here. Father, help those that are here today. 
in the garden, to hear your words of spirit and life, that the darkness and the ignorance in their spirit can be dispelled, dispersed, and gone as your light of truth comes in. Help them to spiritually perceive and understand your words of truth and light about themselves and why you had to come and help us that we didn't even know we were sick and needed help. Help us, Father, and teach us that we have been and are a captive. We don't know of what. We don't have any idea. But help us begin bringing in your light and truth so that these precious spirits can learn that their spiritual heart, their mind, and their spirit itself has been and is as all of humanity just about is a spiritual captive that needs help your way not the ways of the world not the ways of any other person only by your word and your truth can they be set free of this ignorance father we ask that you help them provide a way for them to hear to learn and grow and to see the truth about themselves and all of humanity. We thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit, the teacher that is here with us and his words of life that you have given him. Thank you for moving in the gifts of the discerning of spirits that Pastor Deborah may see and know and hear all that are here. Be about your work, Father. This is what you have called Pastor Deborah to do. Train me. This is your work, Father. I partner with you in your word and in your spirit. Come through me undefiled. Come through my soul, pure and clean, so that they, these precious spiritual ones, can be touched. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Wonderful. What? Okay. Some of you know that you need a Hebrews 4.12 experience. And you didn't get it last time, did you? But you went and thought about Okay. And you want it now? Okay. Well, we'll do that. Father, this is your work. Father, some have returned from other visits. They heard they needed a Hebrews 4.12, a spiritual circumcision out of the soul. They weren't ready before. They went back to their bodies and thought about it. And they decided by their free will to line up with your word and accept your gift of freedom for the spirit. So, Father, take your word right now. Hebrews 4.12. Apply it to their spirit and their soul. And set this captive free. Bring this spirit on up out of the soul, out of the subconscious. Free to be about and hear with their new ears and to see that which has been kept from them, that has been covered from them by the veil of flesh of the soul. Father, free them so that they may hear your words. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.
Wonderful. Yes, many of you had to go back and see you needed it. And you will be different when you go back. That is part of setting the captives free. Pastor Deborah didn't know how to do that when I began. I just, I read a wonderful book, a lot of books by a wonderful author, Chinese man, named Watchman Nee. He's gone on to heaven now. He talks a lot about the spirit and the soul. talks about Hebrews 4.12. If you don't have it, the spirit cannot come freely through it. Did I have one? Yes. When I read that, I asked God to do a Hebrews 4.12 on Pastor Deborah. I've had it. I have been circumcised out of my soul. Then your soul must be purified. And it must die to all of its old traditions and thoughts and beliefs and concepts of family. I had some great teachings about that and how to help people and in leadership development. You have ick in your soul, beliefs and concepts, ideas about what you should do. Even religion teaches us to do things, to beat people. That that is what your religious duty is. Maybe a man to beat his wife or his children. And there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe you have beliefs about government. And some people believe that how the world should be run. And who should be in charge. Pastor Deborah does a lot of study of archaeology. I just watched yesterday. Julius Caesar. And I learned, and i got to do some research. He was descended, he said, from the goddess Venus. And his lineage and his supreme power was more than a king. That was Julius Caesar. And he asked, you join me in helping build this Rome that was unified. That means everybody was a Roman under Roman rule under me. Mm-hmm. So he claimed, and he said he had the papers and the ring, to prove that his lineage was from the goddess Venus. And they prayed to Jupiter. And they were not satisfied till the whole world was Rome. Even if we have to go and kill you, enslave you. Because they saw that the whole world needed to be Rome. And once that happened, and everybody was subservient to Rome, not to the senators, because they were not righteous senators. They said they were there for the people, but they weren't. And you can see even back then how the people were mistreated by the leaders, by the senate. By the politicians. And they had to have military soldiers, martial law, come into Rome. Because they were mistreating the people. But then those leaders, because they were all dead spiritually to this God that we are talking about. So I study that. I learn about humanity. A lot of people are blaming right now the colonial empires. For all the slavery. They don't understand. That it was Rome. 
that spread slavery into England, Europe. And when the Roman Empire went down, that idea and concept was already there. Colonialize. Go into other lands, take it, make it your possession. It is a twisted form of the kingdom of heaven. God desires to come into your spirit and to help the spirit develop its culture of the kingdom of heaven. But not through force, not through violence. Mm -hmm. He desires you to become a citizen of heaven, but he won't force you like we see in the earthly world. So yesterday I watched that movie. I wanted to hear what his right to lead was from. He believed he was a descendant of a god. Do you believe that? Pastor Deborah is a descendant of a god. And do you know, Jesus Christ even told me, I am a god. Who the oracles of God was given to. That means I am a son, an offspring of a God. I am made in the image and likeness of God of the Bible, the creator himself. I am his child. I am a God. I am not the God, but I am a God. I'm a life-giving spirit. A lot of people, if you say that, they'd probably call Pastor Deborah mentally ill and crazy. Because I believe that. But that's the Bible. And once you get to that in your spirit, you become a king. And you can rule the weather down here. Just like Jesus did when he's in walking on the water. He tells the waves, be still. Calm down, wind. And everything stops. He can speak to plants and they'll die or live. He can speak to demonic spirits. Cast them out of people's lives that are vexing and tormenting them. But he does tell us. And he tells his disciples. There are some demonic spirits that are so powerful. That unless you live a certain kind of life. Of prayer and fasting. Not the ways of religion and the world And your denomination, but a different way. You cannot cast out this death and dumb spirit. They tried it. They couldn't do it. He says, because you're not living the kind of life that needs to be lived in order to have that authority over these powerful spiritual things. Jesus showed us you can heal people, grow limbs back. You can bless food And it will multiply. You can bring rivers out of rocks. You can ask God to have the sun stand still. So you can get a job done. You can ask God for protection. And he will. Even while you sleep. Mm -hmm. There's a lot about that. But in learning how to set the captives free. Pastor Deborah had to do a lot of studying. And where he always took me. Was to Isaiah 61. And 62. And in this lesson, lesson number six, I want to begin defining to you out of Isaiah 61 and 62 what a spiritual captive is, what needs to be set free. And then we'll work through what a spiritual captive is. Then in the next lesson, we'll get 
into what needs to be set free. And then we'll go into how is this to happen? How is this freedom of setting a captive free? But how do you even know what a captive is? Till we start defining it God's way out of his word. So I'm going to work out of Isaiah 61 and 62 of the authorized King James Version. And we're going to work through. uh, I'm going to pull out some words, areas that tell us what is a captive, what's in bondage, and why we are considered a captive according to the mind and the eyes and the heart of God. It does not matter what you think, what the world says. When you help people the Lord's way, you have to look with his eyes, hear with his ears, feel with his heart, and you have to look with the gift of discerning of spirits to see in the realm of the spirit, behind the soul, deep into the darkness, to find the answers. I couldn't look at humanity the ways of mental health counseling or looking on the biological bodies or what I learned in mental health counseling. I had to look with spiritual eyes. But if I didn't have spiritual understanding, spiritual knowledge, spiritually able to perceive what was spiritually captive, I couldn't help people. And I have, I think, in a video, I didn't even know about you guys when I began. I didn't know there were really spirits in captivity. I'd read the Bible, but it hadn't clicked. The light had not been revealed, but it has now. So let's begin. Isaiah 61 is the Heavenly Father's heart for you. It is the Heavenly Father's desires. And it is his prophetic words to you. And I'm just going to start Isaiah 61. In verse 1 we are told that the Spirit of the Lord is on something. The Word of God. Okay? Why? Because there are some spiritually meek spiritual beings. Those that are in a human body of the three-part system that are spiritually deficient in spiritual strength and courage. All right? But at the same time, you could be infused, possessed, be filled up spiritually with demonic spirits, but you have no strength. You're using their strength. They keep you down because they don't want you to have do anything. Their spirits want to be in charge through you. So they need you out of the way in a trance. So their spirits, these demonic spirits of the kingdom of darkness, can rule and reign from deep inside your spirit, out through your spirit without any interference, out through your soul, and out through the physical body. Mm-hmm. I had to learn that. So you are spiritually meek. You're deficient, lacking, poor, don't have any spiritual strength and courage. Number two, 
You have a spiritually broken and fractured spiritual heart and mind. It's not one. Your spirit's messed up. Your soul. In mental health, you'd call it multiple personalities. And it also goes into some called personality disorders. You see a lot of that in the transgender community. They have a physical body of one sex, but their mind and their soul say, I'm confused. That's not who I am. And further than that, deep in the spirit, your spiritual mind is fractured. It's broken up into many pieces. I have a great uh, thing called Humpty Dumpty. It's a video I made. When we fell from where we were on the great high wall, we broke into pieces. Number three, you're not free. The spirit is not free. You're not free of spiritual death and the fear of death. It's all around you all the time. You can't do anything about it. You have no strength and courage. The law of sin and death is always hovering over you, working on you, threatening you. And you know the spiritual consequences. You'll die. At least you think you will. But a spirit can't die. But it can be almost dead in a coma. It's as if you are a living dead, a zombie. That's This is what Isaiah is saying you are. That he had to send his word, his great agape love to help you. Number four. What is a captive? You are the spiritual tail to your soul. And its flesh and its earthly lust, its eyes, its flesh, the pride of life, that the soul is the satanic image and likeness of Satan. You are a servant to it, a tail. You have no say spiritually. You have to go and do in the spirit realm whatever the soul is doing in the natural realm. Oh yeah, there's spiritual sex. Mm-hmm. Spiritual kingdoms. Spiritual powers. Spiritual attacks. Let me tell you about this one. How God helped me to see. I was in a church service and I was on their deliverance team. Called the personal ministry team. So if somebody during praise and worship was having troubles. And needed prayers for peace or to calm down. They'd call me. Of course, there were others. So one day, there was a young girl. She's in a wheelchair. I think she had some kind of issues. And she would be in praise and worship, and her arms would start bailing and stuff. Very distracting for others. So the ushers got her mama, brought her to the bathroom. They called me. Mama was a German, didn't speak any English, and neither did the girl. They put her off of her wheelchair on the sofa. And here I come, and I look into her eyes, and God opened up through the gift of discerning the spirits, the spirit world, and what was happening to her spirit. During the time that her body was laying still, her spirit was running, running, running from a demonic-looking creature like half baboon, half rat, half snake, half something. It was chasing her. Chasing her, chasing her. She was quiet. When it caught her, 
started raping her and biting her, sucking her and eating her. When that attack occurred, her arms doing this. And God said, that is what will happen to the human spirit in hell. If you do not go out and help people find me. I prayed peace. I bound it up. I learned how the physical body, the soul, is connected to the spirit. And what is going on with the spirit will affect the soul and the physical body. Now, Mama didn't know this. The little girl didn't know it. God opened my eyes spiritually so I could see behind the curtain, so to speak. God was showing me spiritually what is going on. And I had to learn that. So we learn the soul and the spirit are connected. You're just a tale. That little girl's spirit had no choice. Mama couldn't do anything because nobody believed in this stuff. Nobody could see it. They just thought she had a biological disorder, a medical disease, and they probably just gave her medicine. Number five. It says that some doors of a prison must be open. you got to be in a spiritual prison. If there's doors and they need opening, so you're a, what, prisoner? Yeah, you're a captive. Now, there's all kinds of prison doors. You could have collars around your neck, chains. You could be locked in just dark rooms. But he is saying in this lesson, you're in a prison and there are doors and you can't come out. Number six, and you are spiritually bound. God had to show me even through cards. People bound up on the wall. Show me through movies what prisoners look like. You want to see what it looks like? Go watch. Go and see Ben-Hur's mother and sister get thrown into the dungeon. Way deep down in the ground. They become lepers. All they do is slide food in. Another great thing to see how this looks is watch The Count of Monte Cristo. And him locked up in the Chateau de Fife because he was a political prisoner. Mm -hmm. There's guards. You are not going to escape. And you can be a prisoner with doors in your mind, your soul. You can be prisoner to drugs, to alcohol, to candy, to chocolate, in your body. And in your soul, you can be captive to your childhood trauma to your identity as a sexual victim you can be traumatized that you are still living in that time and you're still a captive of fear rejection and you can't get out pastor deborah had to start seeing this when i listened to people and a lot of them don't even go to therapy and in therapy you aren't going to get that you're a spiritual prison because this is happening to your spirit. So Pastor Deborah had to be able to combine mental health, spirit work, see how the mental health was working, look at physical prisons. But I discovered some wonderful things. Even if you're physically locked up, sometimes you can spiritually be free, like a lot of you are right now. Did you know another 
thing I had to learn. When somebody's arrested and put into prison, that we stop their biological body from doing things to society. But I learned the spirits were, especially in Satanism and witchcraft, and those that would do evil, wicked things and knew how to do it, their spirits would leave their body in prisons, go into other people. I asked this one, what do you do? Well, we type on the computer. We go into actors and we play the roles. We eat, we drink, we have sex through a physical body of another person. And I said, well, do they know that you're doing that? Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. I had this one lady I was working with. And she had a connection to a young boy over in Louisiana. He was in Satanism. He would get in her body, write a letter through her hand. She would allow him. She would bring the letter to me that he wrote. Or she would come, and he would come spiritually through her body to talk to me. And she agreed to let that happen because he couldn't come physically. I was entering into a world I knew nothing about. And the power that was in it and the heart of these prisoners who wanted to be free. So it was shocking at first. I would have other people, sons of great high priest of a clan. I think his name was J.L. Joshua Luke. He was... I, I don't know if he's still alive or not. He was the high king of the Black Forest clan, which is dissolved. He would send in some of his kids that were conceived in a satanic uh, ritual into this church. They would stand by a wall or sit a few pews away from me. And they would just sit there. And I sensed that there was something different about it. And he and I would talk to this Joshua Luke on a phone through another person named Amanda. It was like Grand Central Station on the phone. He told me that was his son. I said, can I talk to him? He said, yes. And what Joshua Luke would do, they called him J.L. I think he was a tattoo artist. I'm not quite sure. Wonderful, wonderful man. And uh, he got saved. Thank you. He would come through the body of his son. His physical body would be somewhere else. But he wanted to be there spiritually, sort of as close as he could get to me. Now, he did come one time to church to sit next to me in person and stuff. I had some strange spiritual experiences. I had deacons and ushers. And why am I telling you all of these personal spiritual experiences that I, Pastor Deborah, have had? I want you to understand the realm of the Spirit. Isaiah 61 and 62 and the whole Bible, they are words of spirit to the spiritual beings in the realm of the Spirit. I had to learn this. This was not taught in mental health counseling. We were working in the soul, the subconscious part of us. Now, if you did hypnosis in therapy and counseling, 
You worked with the subconscious and you actually forced a trance onto the spirit so that the spirit and the soul would believe and react and obey whatever order it was given. One of the great movies to see this is in The Manchurian Candidate with Frank Sinatra. How soldiers were brainwashed through torture and trauma to kill and have no memory of. But what happens is that powerful control system over time starts breaking down. If it's not reinforced with commands, medication, obedience. And people were starting to have flashbacks in their dreams. This evil that had been done to them and that they had done to each other was breaking forth. And a a memory was coming back. Things that had been forgotten and meant to be forgotten. You go watch that one, The Manchurian Candidate. I think there's another one with Denzel Washington also by that. So here we are in Isaiah 61. We've only covered verse 1 about what a captive is. Just the very first verse. I like to amplify things out so we can see it. As you know, I'm always talking spiritual. Let's go to verse 2 just for a little bit, and then we'll close out this lesson. Verse 2 of Isaiah 61 says that a spiritual captive that needs setting free by this word that's anointed and sent, it comes to spiritually comfort all that spiritually mourn. I learned through many spiritual experiences that what the soul feels, you see it in mourning, tears, hopelessness, grieving for losses, for no hope, for not having any love in their life, no hope for a future. They cry, they mourn, sometimes can't even speak. They just groan, sometimes a single tear. Do you ever look at gang members? A lot of them have one little teardrop right there. That's their way of mourning. They put skeletons and skulls on their arms. They're talking to us. I had to learn the language of the spirit through tattoos. I don't have any. But I had to learn to look at black fingernail polish on women. What was that telling me about their spirit? I had to look at their clothes their bodily actions, how they were dancing, how they were dressing, their tattoos, their jewelry. What was it telling me in a nonverbal form about their soul and their spirit? I had to learn how to look for special handshakes, special spiritual lineages. Oh, you wouldn't know it if you just looked at people. I saw precious multi-generational Precious people couldn't even raise their hand in church. If they even raised a finger, they were felt like they were being choked and suffocated. I had to listen to stories of great trauma and abuse. Once I started seeing behind the curtain, so to speak, 
I had to see beyond the physical. But I had to have help. God had to help me to see with his eyes and to hear with his ears and to know what he knows. I had to pray that. I had to read the Bible over and over again. I had to see what mourning was. What was what were they mourning about? Well, how did I know what they lost? So helping you to understand about setting the captives free, you guys. I want to end right here with verse number two, where we're learning that the spirit is mourning. It's crying. It's lost things. It doesn't know what. It feels hopeless. It senses no future except what it has. It's fearful of anything else than what it has and knows. And if it fights back spiritually, it gets attacked and abused and raped and beaten and tortured. Did you know in the spirit realm, one of the great tortures is you take the spirit when it's been disobedient or it cannot get a job done through other people. You take the spirit and you send it into a tank spiritually, into blackness. that It's almost as if you exist no more. There's no light, no sound, but there's biting and raping words of horrible screeching and you just feel like you're in hell itself that's a form of torture to the spirit now they're not in hell but satan knows what hell is he has his he is there he uh, oversees it he has his demons and they present this torture to you there are actual cases of people that they start having skin rashes breaking out they say their body feels like they're in chains, glasses in them. I have this one precious lady. She's in a, a mental institution right now. She claims she has glass all in her body, and nobody believes her. She claims she hears her mama, who's dead. She's with her all the time. She has mental health problems, according to them. But it's a spiritual thing that's going on. The soul is so lost and mourning her mama. That she cannot even function in her soul without her. And her spirit is being tortured. You even see it when it says you feel like you have burning going on. Your arms are locked up in some kind of encasement of metal. And you have glass all. They're talking to us about how your body feels and your soul. But it is related to the spirit. Mm -hmm. When you're the tail, it's going on to you spiritually. It comes on out to your soul. That's right. I had to learn that. I can learn a lot about you by looking at your biological, medical, and mental conditions. But I had to learn to look with God's eyes. I had to see through the discerning of spirits when with his words of wisdom, knowledge. I had to perceive the spirits' thoughts. I had to hear their whimpers. I had to be able to find them in the darkness, in their trances. I had to become a voice in the light to them. I have that on the website also. Excellent. I had to come to them gently, just like I'm coming to you now. So I want to end here. If you believe that you are a captive spiritually and that some of these things have happened to you and you are experiencing them and you would like to be set free from these prisons you're in, these doors that you can't open 
from the chains that are on your spiritual mind. You want to be set free from your soul and your body. You want to have this God help you so that you will have strength and courage and the fear of death will not frighten you anymore. Then let's pray. No, you don't have to raise your hands. You don't have to stand. He knows you must freely choose this freedom. For if he forces freedom on you against your will, you will be angry at him. And you'll be mad when things happen and you'll blame him. You must choose yourself freely to be free. And some people are too afraid to step out of their prison cells. I can tell you I've done many a deliverance sessions. I have to go into the prison cell myself. Sit down with the spiritual prisoner. Just talk to them gently. Tap their hand. Let them reach for me. My voice travels into darkness. A light into dark prisons. Gently. And sometimes it takes a while for courage and strength just to listen. Maybe just to open their eyes. Or just have a little bit of hope that somebody has found them or loves them. Hope that maybe they can be helped. It's almost unbelievable to most spirits because they've tried it before. Satan has told them it can't work. Where's your God? He's nowhere around. Well, he is today. For according to Isaiah 61, he's come. We have told the words have been sent. They are here. You have been brought here to the garden for just such a time as this. So if you want some freedom, you want this God to set you free, a captive, from just what we've talked about in verse 1 and verse 2. That's all. Just the beginning. Then let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are about your work of setting the captives free. That your words you sent in Isaiah 61 are here today. They're anointed with freedom to set these precious spiritual captives free. Father, apply your word. Make it fruitful to you. You said it will not come back to you void. It will accomplish its goal. Father, today in these lives, set them free. According to verse 1 and 2, Father, you know them. You know your heart's desires for them. And Father, if it takes them a little while, To desire this freedom when they go back. Even in their dreams. Hear their little whimpers. Hear their little yeses. And apply Isaiah 61 to their lives. Father bring them up if they want a Hebrews 4.12. And set the spirit free of being the tail of the soul. Father help the soul to let go of the spirit. And help the spirit to gain strength and knowledge. To send information and revelation to the soul. To give up its lust of the flesh and the eyes. And to take its rightful place as a helpmate to this spirit. Father, we thank you for your work that you're doing. Cast out the demonics that have been in charge. The guards, the strong men that have held this people back. Father, you know who they are. Bind them up and cast them out and remove them from the lineage of these spiritual beings. Even in their family and their children, their businesses. Show them that you can, there's no bounds for you. 
all things are possible with you if they will just believe and set their will with yours freely. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, everybody. Oh, I see God working. I, you guys just be still for a while and let God work. Those that want to leave and tour the gardens, you are welcome. Those that are ready to go home back to your bodies, the angels will take you. Others, you just stay. Father, we will see you again in the garden. In lesson number lesson number seven of setting the captives free, we'll pick up in verse two and getting more definitions of what a captive is and what needs to be set free. Bye, everybody. Love you. Thank you, Father, for your great words of spirit and life and that your heart and your desires for them is being done. In the name of Jesus, amen. Bye. Thank you for listening and watching this video. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you stopped by today and watch. This is Pastor Deborah, and I hope you come again and watch many, many more videos and learn and grow spiritually and hear how she has helped people spiritually the Lord's way for many, many years. Come again, watch another one, and we welcome you to be a subscriber to the channel, to make comments, and if you wish to contact Pastor Deborah, please email her at her email address for the ministry at Pastor Deborah at agapeloveishere.org. You can also see these videos on Twitter and on the website in the many different sections that they are put into. Enjoy, and it was once again an honor to have you watch and listen. Thank you, and come again to another video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries, a ministry of helping people the Lord's way that Pastor Deborah has been doing for many, many years. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.